The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sometimes you just need a little spiritual guidance to help get your life back together. It can be compared to mosaic art. Many little pieces that come together to form something beautiful. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Your host is mosaic shaman, Christy Ellen. Christy and her guests are here to ensure that your life is just as you deserve it to be. Happy. Now, here's your host, Christy Ellen. Welcome to the Mosaic Gardens. This is Christy Ellen, the mosaic shaman. Today we're going to be talking about music and love since it's Valentine's Day. Uh, music inspires the soul. Do you have a song that reminds you of the day you first fell in love? Music has a connection to people and place and events. It can lift you up. It can make you cry. It can even bring you to anger. Music is used in advertisements and movies to bring up our emotions. It's probably one of the prime emotional lifters that I know of. Music has this ability to touch deep inside and create all sorts of different emotions. And if you've got trapped emotions inside you haven't healed or let release, music will actually activate those. I know that there's songs I listen to that remind me of people and places and events. I can hear a song that will take me back to my high school days. I can take hear a song that will take me back to spending a moment with someone I deeply cared about. I also um, have certain musical songs that remind me of the loss of loved ones. And I'm sure you have that for you too. So what kind of music are you listening to? And what effect does it have on you? I just returned from my daughter's wedding. And for those of you who are listening on Facebook and that know um, me and, and the events of my daughter's wedding will say, well, you know, that was a little while ago. Today we're pre-recording because I'm actually going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona doing some events and writing my book. So we're going to take it from this just happened because it did. It just happened. I returned yesterday from my daughter's wedding. She had a fiesta, there was celebration, a lot of music, and a lot of dance, because that's really important to her. What I want to talk about is how she created this love in her life. She had gone through a dramatic experience of being married before that didn't work out, and had some mishaps with love in her life, um, just like a lot of us have, and even myself, I can relate to that. And so she created a vision board. A vision board is a formation where you put on it what you want to see achieved in your life. You put categories of relationship, categories of money and finances, categories of job. You can, you can pick your vision board into four different sections or three different sections or even six. And you can learn more about vision boards on my site. I'm going to be posting that at soulhealerspath.com. I know I've been giving you several addresses to go look at. There's christyellen.com or soulhealerspath. Whatever is easiest for you to remember. Christyellen is K-R-I-S-T-I-E-L-L-E-N.com. And 
I make it easy because if you just even go in and write the Mosaic Shaman, you're going to find all of that. You're going to find my YouTube account, my Facebook account. You're going to find everything there. So when you go in to my website, which is soulhealerspath.com, you're going to learn about vision boards because we are at the first of the year still. And we're talking about creating what you want in your life. And when you create a vision board, you put on it pictures and words, which are very important because it needs to stimulate both the eyes and be able to stimulate the hearing. So you want to be able to see it and hear it. So pictures and words go on the vision board of what you want in your life. And then you look at it for three minutes in the morning visualize it, do some writing about it. There's certain things, like I said, you can go learn more about it. But she created this vision board. And on her vision board, she had marriage, number one, because it's the most important thing to her. And she had a church where she wanted to be married, a special place that meant a lot to her. And then she had traveling to uh, a sailboat, a sailboat cruise. Well, her the person that she married he had a vision board so I was up staying at the house and in her room was a vision board and his room was his vision board and the first thing he had was marriage and a church and the second thing he had on his was a cruise so they didn't know each other at the time they made these vision boards and at the same time they were asking for the same thing in a relationship And she put on her vision board what she wanted, and then she decided to clear some things that she was holding in her life about love. And she got a coach, and she started to do some clearing. She came to me, and she asked me for some help, and we did some clearing. And we let go of all of the emotions and patterns that she was keeping in her past relationships so that she could draw in this new relationship. She also went in and wrote a detailed account of what she wanted in her life, a detailed account of what kind of love she wanted. And this man that came into her life, now six months after she did this, fit every one of those details. And I know we talked about, we had a program last year that we talked about creating through your words, and we had a man that came on and said that he created a word bride. Well, this is what she did. She wrote down what she wanted, and she drew in, what she wanted in her life. First of all, she did a vision board. Second of all, she let go of all emotions and feelings she had in her past relationships through forgiveness and gratitude. And third thing that she did is she wrote a list of what she wanted. Now, she had met this guy a year ago t- dancing at a dance, a con- at a salsa dance, and he danced with her once and then had paid no attention to her. Well, then she was teaching a workshop, and he came to listen to her workshop And he paid attention. But she had done these three things. Rigorously, very important. She was dedicated to it. The vision board, the releasing of past trapped emotions around it, healing that, and writing what she wanted. This is how you can bring love into your life. Forgiveness and gratitude, we talk about that a lot here because forgiveness and gratitude is extremely important in bringing in what you want. And... I decided to do some clearing in my own life recently about past trapped emotions because if you find that you're recreating the same relationship over and over again, then it's because you haven't cleared out those patterns that bring those relationships back into your life. And there are lots of things that you can do to do that. We talk about some of them here, but to really go into detail, you go to soulhealerspath.com and you sign up for my life coaching packages. 
Like I said, you can find me at christyallen.com. You go there. You sign up for one of the packages because that's what I specialize in. I specialize in healing from divorce. I specialize in creating new relationships. I specialize in getting your life back on track to the way you want it and move forward. And I do vision boards are a part of that. Um, They're only a minor part of that. You may have heard about vision boards and saying, well, I've done vision boards, but nothing's come off my board. Well, there are certain things that you do to make that happen. There are certain techniques that you do with the vision board. And I have been working lately with marrying both the shaman work and the life coaching. And it just came about recently that I understand how important that is because The shaman work heals the soul. It goes into a soul level. Not that the soul is injured, but there's things we're holding in the energy to block the soul from speaking forward and giving you what you want. So when I do shamanic energy work and I do shamanic clearing, I'm working with the heart, spirit, and soul. And this mystical work clears out and lets go of trapped emotions. When you go in and sign up for one of the life coaching packages, I'm working with the brain. I'm working with the brain that needs structure, it needs patterns, and it stops the recurrence of those trapped emotions. So those two together create an inspiring healing body. When you are able to give the brain the structure and the pattern it needs and release the trapped emotion from the heart through schematic energy work, That's what I do here. That's what I do at soulhealerspath.com, coaching and schematic energy work. Now, I'm going to be in Scottsdale for the next month. I am writing my book, A Woman's Journey Through Fear. And while I'm there, I'm actually going to go into the studio at Voice America and do a recording. And you're going to get to visually see that. It'll be, it'll be posted on Facebook. It'll be posted to anyone that's left their email from a newsletter. It is a visual live recording of my interviews um, in the studio in Arizona and Phoenix. And you know, when I'm in Scottsdale, I'm going to be running some events. So I need you to go to soulhealerspath.com to see when those events are and where they're at. And... Um, then you can go in and and sign up for one of them. So today as we talk about love and bringing new love into our life, we're going to talk about the importance of letting the emotions and the feelings of your past love go. Because even if, if you have a loving relationship, that's wonderful, then how do you make it better? How do you let go so that you're not holding and keeping trapped emotions when situations come up in that experience in your relationship? Because the learning to communicate with each other and let the past go, no matter what, is really important. I often, often joke about watching The Lion King, and there's a scene in The Lion King. This is a movie, a cartoon, like a long time ago, right? I don't know if, you, if you're in my generation, you know, my children were watching The Lion King growing up. And the young lion is with one of his friends, and, and he's, he's an animal, a creature. I can't remember which one it is. But I know that he, the young lion is going off about the past and how he messed up. And, and his friend will hit him and say, that's in the past. And he'll say, what are you hitting me for? He'll say, that's in the past. And he keeps saying until he finally gets it that that's in the past. Let it go, he says. It's in the past. Let it go. Now, that would be so simple, right, if we could just let it go. 
someone could come up and thump us and say, let it go. And I know a lot of times people just tell you, let it go. Well, there are processes to let it go. And one of them I'm going to share with you today is letter writing. That's writing a forgiveness letter. It's going out and writing a letter to let go of what you need to. Now, this isn't a nice letter. This is a letter of your feelings and emotions about what you're letting go of. And you can write this letter and be vocal and express everything you want in that letter you're going to let go of. And then take it out in nature. Remember I said when you have emotions, like anger, any of those things, rage, they're important to let it go so you don't trap it in the body. So you go out in a field and you let it go. You do not get to spew it on someone else, but you get to take it out and release it. So you go out, you let those emotions go. The next day, you write the letter again. You add some more things to it. Whatever you need to, cross out any nice things. Take it out again. Do this thing again. Let it go. Read the letter out in a place that's private that you need to release with this person. And then write the letter the third time on the third day and then burn it and let it go. Now, I did this with my past relationship. And what came out of it was my ability to take 100% responsibility for my part in that relationship For my to heal it with love, to let it go, so I'm not dragging that baggage of that relationship into a new one. And not only that, I'm not seeing the person that I'm in a relationship with now through the eyes of that past relationship. I'm not comparing them to it. What happened out of that was I was able to, when I went to this wedding, I, of course, got to spend some time with my ex, who I hadn't talked to for quite a while, um, a couple years And I was able to go up to him because we had a private moment where the opportunity opened itself up and tell him I was sorry. That I was sorry. I was sorry for the pain I caused in that relationship and my immature way of leaving the relationship. He was quiet. He wasn't sure, I guess, what I was going to tell him. And when I told him that, tears came to his eyes and he told me he was sorry too. That we both could have handled this differently. We both could have handled this better. There was a magical healing in that moment. And when we did that, we were able to talk about our grandson, talk about our children, talk about our families. And he he went back into the reception and socialized with my family, which he's never done before since our divorce, because we were both free and open. And I'm going to tell you many more miracles are going to come from that. I just know it. But the ability I had to let that go will heal my ability to move into new relationships. So... That's just the point I want to talk to you about, and we are going to get back to the topic of talking about music and love, because they both go together, how to let go of the past and have self-love. One of the things I want to do is a little meditation with you here, where I want to clear the chakras, because on my website, I'm also doing a seven-day sacred shaman healing chakra meditation. It's a video and audio. It's $199, and for the next two months and the first 100 people it's going to be $97 and it will be coming out and it will be out when you guys are hearing this and it's great it's an amazing meditation and in it we're going to do some chakra clearing so right now the video has much more but right now I want to do a little chakra clearing with you so um, let's put our feet on the ground and connect to the earth through our breath remember to breathe in the belly and let the belly expand it's not in the chest, it's in the breath, in the belly. It goes all the way through into the belly. Dropping in, becoming very solid on the ground. Your sit bones are on the ground. And you are connected to the earth. In this place, in this place, in this holy place, 
I'm going to tune your chakras today. The chakras are a place we hold healing and energy in the energetic body that goes into the physical body. When the chakras are blocked, they cause emotional problems. As we clear the chakra, I want you to visualize what it means to be in love, what it means to hold love. My guest today is a musician, songwriter, healer, and I want you to listen to the song that he wrote about love before I bring him on. Speaks 
was written and composed by Vincent James, who is the founder of Keep Music Alive, an organization dedicated to promoting the value of music for children's education, for musical therapy, for all overall happiness. He's also the founder of Kids Music Day, Teach America, excuse me, Teach Music America Week, and co-author of the book, 88 Plus Ways Music Can Change Your Life. We're going to take a break now, and as soon as we come back, We will talk with Vincent James, so join me back after the break. Thank you. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's time to live an inspired life. Join Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, as she enhances the quality of your life. Healing with art is Christy's focus. At SoulHealerPath.com, if you follow the steps and use the skill that Christy Allen teaches in Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching, doing your part and taking 100% of the responsibility for your life, changing your life story, then in one year's time, you could be living the inspired life of your dreams. Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching offers four life coaching packages, starting with the Serpent Path, which is all about awareness and letting go of what you do not want to have and embracing what you do. Go to Soul Healer's Path and sign up for a one-month session of Clearing the Light Body. So come and walk the medicine wheel with Christy Ellen. Visit soulhealerpath.com or call 435-260-9598 for a special newcomer's one-month coaching package for just $300. Christy Ellen is an intuitive healer and master creator. Let her guide you to living the life to which you were born to live and go from ordinary to extraordinary. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back to the Mosaic Gardens. This is Christy Allen, and today we are talking about music and love on Valentine's Day. I have a really special guest here, Vincent James, who is a musician, composer. We got to listen to his song before the break, and now we're going to get to talk to him live. Welcome, Vincent, to the show. Hello, Christy, and happy Valentine's Day to you. No, very nice. Valentine's Day is the day for love, isn't it? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Good. So it's a great time to talk about music um, and love, and since your music was about that, that was very special. Um, what inspired you to write that song, by the way? Uh, that particular song, you know, often we write about things in our own lives, and sometimes we write about things that are, you know, we notice out there in the world. And this particular one, I think I wrote it about a future that I didn't want to happen with my own wife, who I love very much, who I'm, I imagine one day if we were ever to part, you know, how I would feel and uh, the emotions I would be going through, you know, because I love her so much. So that's kind of how that song came out. You know, if I could just have one more night with you, you know, maybe we could make it all better. Sometimes we all need one more night to make it better. <laughs> yes, yes. Sometimes two nights. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, there's often those times we say things that we don't really mean to one another. And if we could yeah. just um, get past our own ego mind to be right and be more willing to be happy, we could mend that. That's right. Sometimes we just have to take a break and be silent for a little bit and just let our minds and our bodies breathe for a little, you know, and then come back to it. Yeah, that's a great, a great philosophy there. I take it and... Um, use it in my own life it's it's really good i know sometimes i've hung on so hard to my own personal story that i haven't been open to see someone else in my life has a story too and that maybe i if i just could let that story go and see things from a different perspective that i could heal so much right right and it's not easy it's not easy especially when we're younger i think as we get older it's easier to be able to do that and to really have to really truly listen without judging and to listen without thinking about our story while we're really listening, you know, should be listening to theirs. That's a good point to listen. Maybe listen more and speak less. (laughs) Yes. I'm working Um, on it. (laughs) Yeah, we all are. We're all a piece of work in in progress, aren't we? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, absolutely. Good. So what is your personal music background? Well, for me, I started, let's see, I started playing uh, trombone, actually, in elementary school, probably fourth grade. Uh, you know, it's when, in elementary school when we were allowed to play an instrument. I remember coming home to my parents, and I said, you know, I want to play an instrument. And they said, well, what do you want to play? I said, well, I want to play guitar. And they said, no, nah, try something else. And I said, well, how about drums? And then they said, louder. No, <laughs> something else. <laughs> So that, I don't know, something about being too loud, I don't know. And so I ended up playing the trombone, and I played that all through school, concert band, jazz band, marching band. And then also when I was around 12 years old, my mom convinced my dad to bring a piano into the house because she really wanted to learn to play the piano as an adult. And when that piano came in, I kind of made a beeline for it, and it wasn't long before I was begging, you know, please, you know, send me for lessons. <laughs> I really want to learn. So I've you know been playing piano ever since. I probably I started writing songs 
near the end of my high school years, and I've been writing songs ever since. But for myself, uh, I write custom songs for people, uh, like for weddings and, and, and anniversaries as well. Uh, it's just music has been a big part of my life, just for, for almost all of it. When you're talking about that, so tell me, what are some of the important health benefits of music? Because you're saying that um, it's been a big part of your life. So tell me what the health benefits of music can be for another person. Um, music has really so many different benefits. You know, when we first started this Keep Music Alive mission that, that we're on, you know, I knew a little bit about how music really helped people, but you know, I'm digging further and further into it and learning so much more about how music you know, helps reduce anxiety and stress. Uh, it can help you sleep better. Uh, it can help you, uh, it actually helps improve your heart and your vascular health by, re- you know, releasing uh, one of those neurotransmitters called endorphins. Uh, it also helps you if you're trying to, uh, you know, if you're going through different periods of depression, uh, music can just kind of help snap you out of it. Uh, whatever your favorite music is, you know, they recommend that you listen to it, you know, whatever style of music, whatever artists are your favorite, you know, by listening to those artists and those songs, it's, it's going to bring you to a place that's really going to improve how your body's responding to everything else. So, so you mentioned Keep Music Alive. Tell me what that is. Uh, about two and a half years ago, my wife and I started an organization, you know, called Keep Music Alive, and the purpose, uh, as I think you mentioned in the intro, is to promote the value of music, you know, for our children's education, for the many types of therapy that music is now being used for, which I'm amazed. I'm continually learning about new uh, situations where they're using music to help people, and then, of course, for our overall happiness. And so we created the organization, and then, of course, we needed ways to help get the word out, and that's where uh, we launched things like Kids Music Day, the first annual uh, back in October, uh, Teach Music America Week, which is the third week in March, which is coming up again this March, uh, the third annual, and then the book, uh, 88 Plus Ways Music Can Change Your Life. And the book is a tool of, you know, it's a full of inspirational music stories, you know, from people all around the world, how music affected them, whether it's an educational story or a therapeutic story uh, or just some sort of nostalgic piece where music was really touched, really touched their lives. And, you know, we use the book as a tool to reach out to people uh, to share these stories from uh, the writers and the stories uh in order for people to kind of remember, you know, why music is so important, because I think we, we kind of lose sight of it. So why is music so important? To me, the music is kind of the fabric that keeps us together as human beings. Uh, music helps us uh, share so many joyful times together. Uh, music helps children, you know, the research has shown, you know, for education, uh, you know, music really helps them do better in a lot of the other subjects that are so important. You know, we have our math, our English, and our science, which are all very important. But when we add the creative arts into the mix, you know, which includes music, uh, it actually helps the children learn better and do better in all those other subjects. I mean, I think, you know, history, some of history's greatest, you know, scientists, inventors, doctors, and more, you know, they credit part of their success to having early music education as part of their life. And it's, you know, it was not a coincidence that music helped open up their minds to help eventually create greater things in the world that we're all benefiting from. 
and then you know you have all the different therapeutic uses of music. Whether you have a child who's autistic, or you have uh, older parents or relatives that have dementia or Alzheimer's or depression. I mean, music can be used in so many ways to help these individuals uh, have a better quality of life than they would have without music. So that that brings up the non-music musicians that can utilize music to help raise their energy vibrations and benefit their everyday life. You're kind of touching on that, but talk a little bit more about that. So I don't well, play an instrument. I'm not very good at that. You won't want to listen to me. I play a flute. <laughs> it's not really great. You definitely don't want me to sing. I'm, I'm kind of tone deaf, but um, I do sing. Oh, I like come it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm, can't possibly I'm, be true. I'm chanting on some of my meditation videos, and I'm playing my flute, and that's huge for me. So um, how can, if I'm not musically, you know, not a musician, I don't play an instrument, how can I utilize music to raise my energy level and benefit my life? Well, we all have, you know, favorite types of music that we like, whether it's the ballads, whether it's electronic dance music, whether it's classic rock, whether it's classical music, and all the different musical styles in between. Uh, by using your favorite music, whether you know, you're commuting to work, uh, you're working a long day at your job, uh, you can use music wherever you can by listening to it to help you de-stress, be, late, be less anxious, uh, to help you cope with whatever you're going through, the drivers that are cutting you off, the lights that won't go green when you really want them to. It kind of takes your mind away and relaxes you. And, and even at work, you know, if, if your work environment permits you to listen to music, you know, I highly recommend that you use music. It'll help actually increase your productivity at work. It'll make you feel better. It'll make the work day go faster. Uh, and then also, in terms of boosting your energy, uh, there are certain songs, you know, whether you, you, you're probably familiar with uh, you know, Eye of the Tiger by the band Survivor. You know, whether you listen to something at that to, to pump you up your energy or something more recent like Happy by Pharrell Williams, uh, whatever your feel-good, high-energy song is, I mean, these are the songs that people use when they're exercising at the gym, and there's not, no coincidence, you know, in that. Uh, they're doing it because it helps pump them up. It helps get their blood flowing more. It helps them achieve more, whatever it is they're trying to do, whether it's exercise, whether it's a job-related task, whether you're mowing the lawn and you want to, you know, you can now have a one-acre lot and the riding mower broke down, so you're using the push mower. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you, you need something to get you through whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, this music is a tool, and they're still, you know, scientists and researchers are still unraveling, you know, the magic behind the curtain of how this really works. But, you know, there's neural transmitters like uh, endorphins, and uh, dopamine that get released in the brain, these chemicals that get released that help provide these effects that really nothing else does that exists on the planet as far as we know. I woke up one day in a really kind of bad mood, and I decided uh-huh. to go to the Zumba class. This is my first time there. And I went there, and the music she was playing is all about loving your body. And some of them were like your booty. It was, like, really funny. It was like <laughs> and every, all these ladies were jumping around, having so much fun. And by the time I got out of there, I was really, really happy. Yes, music music and movement. I mean, music is one thing. But when you combine it with movement also, I mean, it's kind of an unbeatable combination. You know, you can't help but feel good. If you're listening to, to upbeat music like that, and booty is just one of those funny words 
whatever <laughs> connotation you take, and it's just a funny word. It just it, sounds it was, funny. <laughs> you know, I I love to dance, and it and and I like to no matter. So so I may not be a musician, but whenever I hear music, I start to move, and it doesn't matter. I'm I'm one of those people who dances where people really aren't supposed to dance. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm in the grocery store moving around. You read my mind. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I dance all the time, and I got this little grandson, and he's um, ten months old now. And you put music on, and he goes crazy. He bounces around, he dances, he laughs, he loves it. So I'm like, I think he inherited that from me. It's just like, and and at the wedding, he was just happy to be dancing. Um, I think it brings joy into our lives to be able to move to music. No, absolutely. And children, you know, when we're children, we have so many less inhibitions. So, you know, we're not afraid to be silly or whatever. And as we get a little older, you know, i.e. turn adults, you know, we, we start to build up walls. And we don't do those sort of things like we should, you know. And you know, when you hear music, move. shouldn't matter where you are. If it makes you feel good, who cares what the person next to you is thinking? You know, maybe they'll start moving too. You know, let's do a joyful dance wherever we are. As long as we're not dancing in traffic. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't dance when I'm driving the car. But it does make me feel, uh, I, I, I'm kind of childish about that. And people will look and go, man, I, I go to the jazz festivals here. And people sit there on their lawn chairs. And I am one of the only people sometimes dancing. And I dance the entire time. And it's funny because, you know, at first I used to be self-conscious. Now I'm not at all. I just... I just love it so much. I don't care. It brings out the child in me. And people will come up to me and say, I wish I could do that. And I'd say, all you have to do is do it. That's right. There's no wishing about it. Just just do it. And, oh, but other people will think what's and such and such. Who cares? I, I, I never have had anyone come up to me and say, ladies, sit down. Right. What, what other people think of us should have no bearing on our happiness at all in life? And that, that was how I started. I went, you know what? If I can dance, I can stop caring what people think about me. That's great. So, That's great. <laughs> I, my, I my, wife they... will do, my wife will do that out in public. She'll start moving around dancing. <laughs> and, you know, one of our teenage daughters, you know, they're at that age where, don't do anything to embarrass me, Mom and Dad. You know, and my wife will start moving around, and she'll be like, stop, Mom, Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have that, too, and now they're adults, and they go, oh, that's my mom. That's my mom over there doing that. I I shared this once on the radio, and I'll share it again, that my daughters, they went to some sort of convention thing, and they said, you know, um, if your mom came in the room, she would fit in like everyone else. You wouldn't know who she was. You know, we could all kind of fit into one category. This I know what this event was about, but she was coming home, and she said, Oh, no, we were both there. It was a kind of a church event. She said, we, we told him, no, we'd know our mom. We'd be able to pick her out. Because he was saying <laughs> that children could identify their moms and go to him, but no one else in the group would know who your mother was. That's what it was about. And she right. said, no, everybody in the group would know our mom. We'd just, if we'd just tell you what she looked like. She'd be out there bouncing around, wearing something <laughs> different. <laughs> and I took that as a compliment, and they said, well, you know, we didn't really mean it as that. <laughs> but... That's okay. Not what people mean. It's how we take things. Yeah. So they use music in operating rooms. They talk about using Mozart for children. So you you hit on therapy a little bit. Talk a little bit about music and therapy and healing. Well, you know, they use it for so many different things. You know, I mean, my personal my personal experiences are playing in uh, you know senior homes. You know, uh, people that are older. Some of them may have dementia or Alzheimer's. And some of them don't. They're just there because it's a it's a better place for them to be, a safer environment. And 
you know, the music gets them moving. Music brings them back. Uh, I mean, there's a story in the book, uh, a gentleman who uh, was playing at a senior home, and he was playing Broadway songs on the piano. He started playing and singing, and as he started, here's this beautiful voice coming from across the room. He can't see the person, but he can hear this beautiful voice singing. So he's playing, and she's singing, and everyone, you know, people are starting to really take notice. You know, the staff starting to come in and look, and he's playing, and then he finishes the song, and then the staff rushes over and says, you know, keep playing, don't stop. So he turns the page, another Broadway song, and again, the beautiful voice from across the room sings with him. Uh, and then again, he does this over and over again. And then finally, you know, the show ended, and he stopped. And the staff came over to him and said, you know, this is absolutely amazing that, you know, this lady is in the back of the room. She's basically been, you know, head down for weeks, you know, doesn't talk, doesn't interact, does nothing, no communication at all. So for her to come out of it with the music and to be singing with you was amazing. And, you know, he walked over to the lady in the back of the room, he kneeled down to her, and he, you know, held her hand and wanted to thank her for singing with him. But again, her head was down; she was back to being catatonic. I mean, the music had temporarily brought her back. So, I mean, there's to me, that's just one amazing thing uh, that it's I've a you know, story. read about, and I've, and I've seen similar things. You know, not quite that amazing uh, in my own personal experience. Uh, they use music therapy for children with autism. You know, a lot of times autistic children have difficulty communicating. And music, you know, in the creative arts, you know, not just music, but art and different ways of uh, parts of the creative arts uh, help them express themselves in ways that they maybe aren't ready to uh, just with their voice. And it helps open them up. And they'll often start communicating in other ways that they had trouble, more trouble with uh, prior to being exposed to music therapy. You know, it can start out just by listening to music, but then, you know, they get the children playing an instrument, and that's when it really starts to open them up. Uh, they use music for physical therapy. You know, um, music, because of the uh, endorphins that it releases, it actually helps you, uh, reduces the pain. So if you're, you know, being told to do 20 reps on this machine, you know, because you broke your ankle or uh, sprained your you know, ankle or leg or whatever it is, you know, it helps you get through that. And uh, just like when you're at the gym, the music helps you kind of, because of the chemicals that are being released by listening to your favorite music, it helps you forget about the pain just a little bit so you can get through those 10 reps, 20 reps, or whatever it is you need to do and then move on to the next exercise. So whether it's, you know, a mental, you know, some sort of brain thing or a physical disorder, you know, they're using music in so many ways, and, you know, I think they're still just peeling back the layers of the onion to discover all the ways that music can benefit us. Is, is there certain types of music that can be used for certain um, different activities? Like, you're talking about dealing with depression, or um, just, uh, is there certain a type of music that you would want to listen to that, or does it? It definitely depends on the situation. You know, if you're talking about the senior homes, you know, you want to play music that they're familiar with. You know, if they grew up in, you know, they say that the music that we hear in our young adulthood, like from 15 to 25, the music that we're exposed to during that time, that's kind of the music that we hold on to, that we're going to remember, you know, in our 80s. So whatever that music is for the people that are in the senior home, usually now it's like the music from the 40s and the 50s. If you play that, that's what they connect with. 
Uh, in terms of, you know, if you have depression or you're anxious, you know, upbeat music. You know, obviously, you don't want to listen to slow, ballad, sad things. You want to listen to upbeat, whether it's, you know, classical music, you know, instrumental music that's upbeat. Uh, and, and the beauty about classical music is it's a lot more complex than, you know, typical pop music. So it really kind of works out the brain in different ways, and it opens you up in ways that a pop, you know, as much as I love pop music, you know, it doesn't do the same thing as classical music can. So I would think anything that's, you know, upbeat, a positive message, uh, and particularly if it's a song that you identify with, is going to help you. You know, we all know what our favorite songs are. Now, we have our favorite sad songs, too, but those aren't the ones that we want to play when we're feeling down. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you can play it, and maybe you can, you know, you can have a cry with it, and then you let it go, right? We were talking about earlier. Uh, You can let it go, uh, but then move on to something happy, something positive, something upbeat that's going to boost you up. You know, they recommend even just, you know, the one day you talked about when you got up early, uh, and you weren't, you know, you weren't feeling very well. You know, you weren't feeling happy. You were feeling down. Uh, and you were fortunate you were going to the class, you know, adding movement and music. But even if we're at home, you know, turn on the radio. Find a station that's playing, you know, upbeat music or break out CDs if we still have CDs or put on Spotify, Pandora, dial up a positive, up-tempo song and listen to it and dance around the kitchen, you know. Uh, <laughs> dance while you're doing dishes, you know. You'll get a little extra wet, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... I used to sing songs when I was doing something. I still do, actually, when I'm uncomfortable. I was learning to water ski, and I'd be back there singing songs to myself. And I've got a kind of a cute story about, well, um, I put music on to dance when I'm dealing with emotions. And I had a glass addition to my house, and my my aunt and my nephew and my son were walking out there, and I had had a bad day, so I did music on. I just put different kinds, and I was dancing through my emotions, and my aunt saw me, and she said to my son, who was 11, what's your mom doing? He said, oh, she must have had a bad day. She's in there dancing. And my <laughs> seven-year-old nephew said, what's she doing? He said, dancing. And my aunt said to him, well, what's she doing? She turned to my nephew and said, does your mom do that too? My, who is my sister? Does your mom do that too? And he said, "No, she takes the pill." And um, <laughs> she said, "She said, you know, seven, eleven years old, right?" And she said, "Well, do you rather her take the pill or dance?" And he said, "I think I'd rather take the pill. It's kind of weird that she's dancing like that." <laughs> and I always oh, remember that good. conversation about. And now my sister doesn't anymore. She actually has learned to deal with other ways with her, her emotions. So I want to add that it's been a while. But That's so good. many That's people good. take the antidepressant pill. For me, yeah. I put music on and I dance. Music, like exercise uh, and nature, you know, there are three of the things in this world that are basically free that can help help provide us a natural high that will help bring us out of the doldrums, uh, help move us on a little bit. And, you know, all we need to do is move a little bit, exercise, listen to some music, upbeat music, go out and take a walk in nature, um, and these are things that, you know, are God-given to us that can help us. And, you know, to me, those natural things are, are, are much better alternative than taking a pill. I think the pill is really just a last resort. You know, there are some people that, you know, oh, despite, yes. you know, their condition, you know, you know, the music and the exercise and, and, and the nature really just aren't going to help, you know. But I think you need to try those things first and see what other things will work for you before you, you know, go the medicinal route. 
Yeah, I, as I've said before, as a disclaimer, I'm not telling anyone what to do or not to do. Definitely, there's a right. there's a place for everything. I personally, music yeah. just helps me move through. And if I didn't have it, I probably would be dealing with depression. And if I haven't been out in nature or moving around and connecting, I, I'm kind of a, a, a bitch to be around, quite honestly. So my kids <laughs> will say, Mom, go put some music on dance. Go outside. You know, you, you need that. And, and that is my way of... Uh, of moving energy so that I'm not holding those trapped emotions and being ornery. I, I wanted to ask about how important it is to have the proper music before you go to sleep or whatever you're looking to, listening to. What's your opinion on that when you watch it before you go to bed, how that might affect you? Oh, I, I think, you know, they say that anything, you know, electronic, if you're watching TV or you're looking at your phone or your tablet, your computer, when I mean, those things kind of keep you keep your mind going. So that when you turn them off, it takes you longer, I think, to fall asleep. But if you listen to music, and I think you would really want, you know, more peaceful, more relaxing music, not, you know, not something sad, not something really upbeat, but just something kind of mellow and smooth. So I don't listen and, to Rocky's and, music before I go to bed? I don't listen to, to the music to Rocky before I go to bed? No, because I think this is going to make you just jump <laughs> out of bed and want to stay up for another eight hours. <laughs> I think so, too. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> now, any kind of music like that that's going to pump you up, you know, it's going to help you climb the rocky steps, you know, which is great, you know, here in Philadelphia. But if you're trying to get eight hours of sleep, you know, something peaceful. Uh, I mean, they even have those things, you know, those bedside little machines that play music, that play nature sounds, uh, you know, all things that can help you sort of start to relax and unwind. And for some people, reading helps them relax and helps them, you know, feel feel a little more tired. Uh, but, you know, anything electronic, you know, and they say if it's got a screen that's glowing, that's kind of keep, and, and you're reading off that glowing screen, it kind of just keeps your mind going, I think, a bit longer once you turn it off, which is kind of not going to help you doze off. That's good, because what you go to sleep with is kind of what you, is actually what you'll wake up with, the, the emotions you're putting into bed, kind of, uh, well, actually they do, they start your day and that's what you start out with. I wanted to spend some time before we're through with our time here talking about um, these programs you put together. You have this annual Kids Music Day that you were talking about. Tell me something about that and how it developed. So we wanted to do something to help celebrate how important music is for children and their education and their overall well-being. So we looked out there and realized that there was not a kids' music day that existed. So we created it and launched it last year, a couple months back, October, the first Friday in October, and we partnered with 85 music schools around the country in 23 different states to hold celebration events, whether they were open houses, student performances, or musical instrument donation drives, or some other way of, you know, helping to celebrate the day. Uh, and this year we are hoping to partner with uh, 500 or more music schools and hopefully in 50 states around the country do the same thing and eventually would like to see it recognized as a national holiday. So you're, you're, what I, do I understand it that they did it in their individual states at the same time? Yes, yes. Well, it was okay. over. It was the first Friday in October. I think it was October sixth this past year, and uh-huh. many of the events were on Friday, October sixth. Sometimes they, you know, because of scheduling, they had their event on Saturday, the seventh. It didn't really matter as long as it was around that date. You know, I think that was a, a great thing to do, and just people are learning more and more how important music is for children's development. And so I think we're just trying to honor that in as big a way as we can by, you know, having a day to celebrate that. 
So you're planning another one for this year. Yes, yes, and that's in October. And then the other event that we started a couple of years ago is Teach Music America Week, and that's where we encourage music schools and musicians everywhere to offer one free music lesson to someone new, whether it's a child or adult who's interested in playing an instrument. And we do this the third week in March, and we do it in March because March is Music in Our Schools Month. And we do this because we a lot of people were thinking, oh, I'd like to play an instrument, I'd like to play an instrument, and they just never really get around to it. So we figured if we focus one week on, okay, here's a week where there's all these music schools around the country that are offering a free lesson, you know, go out, you know, find someone or find a musician who's willing to teach you a free lesson, and then you might really get hooked on it and want to keep doing it, and then you'll start reaping all the benefits, whether you're a child or an adult, of playing an instrument. And I think this past year was our second annual, uh, and we started a little slow with it. We had, I think, 25 music schools, but this March coming up, uh, we're looking to have at least two, 300 participating around the How country people- and probably in all 50 states. How do people get involved in that? Uh, they can go to the website, teachmusicamerica.org, and they'll start to see the music schools that are participating probably, uh, actually, they'll see it right now. Uh, we just launched it this week, so it's available this week, to, and we'll be adding more schools throughout the month of February and into March, and I think it's March 20th through March 26th is when the week actually takes place. So they What's can find that? the music what? school around them and then give them okay. a call and try to set something up. Vince, what was that website for them again? That's teachmusicamerica.org. Okay. And um, so tell me a little bit more about your book before we so, end here. So we have over 100 inspirational music stories from musicians all around the world, including a number of celebrities, uh, people like uh, Simon Kirk, who's the drummer for Bad Company and Free, uh, Rob Parisi, who wrote and sang Play That Funky Music. Uh, we have the gal who wrote uh, Man in the Mirror for Michael Jackson and a host of others uh, that shared different stories that really, you know, it's a kind of a tearjerker, some of them. And, you know, they'll make you cry, they'll make you laugh, they'll make you really think of why and rethink of why music is so important. And we used the book as a tool also for fundraising because 50% of the proceeds we donate back to music foundations that put music, music instruments and lessons into communities that are really hurting and need it the most. I was really and impressed to see that, that you put 50% back into um, different organizations. That's really it's, good. It's really, it's, really, it's really important to us. Really, and it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, and you can learn more about it on our main website, keepmusicalive.org. Was there any certain event that promoted you to start doing this, um, writing the book and getting music in the schools? Did you have any personal events that sparked that? Uh, you know, kind of. And it's a longer story for another day, but I'll give you the short version in that. Okay. You know, back when I was in high school, I really wanted to go to college for music, uh, but my parents, you know, you know, were guiding me towards something more, you know, practical. And I ended up doing engineering and did engineering for 30 years. And I think in my mind, I always wanted to get back to being doing music. And while I've done music all these years on the side, I think it's one day I just, it was like a lightning bolt hit me where I need to do something that's really good for music. And I just, all at once I got the idea for Keep Music Alive for the book. 
88 plus ways music can change your life. And then later on came the inspiration for the Kids Music Day and the Teach Music America. Just, I wanted to be able to really raise the awareness for everyone in the world of how important music is so the decisions that we make and the choices we make, you know, will help include more music and more of the arts, not just music, to help us, you know, be a better world, which is where we all want to be. That's really important. I appreciate that. So one more time, um, Vincent at KeepMusicAlive.org. Is that where they can find you? Uh, You can find us at KeepMusicAlive.org, yes, and the uh, TeachMusicAmerica.org. Okay, KeepMusicAlive.org, TeachMusicAmerica.org. Great. Well, Vince, it was really nice having you here. I hope you have a fabulous Valentine's Day. Um, I hope everyone who's listening does that as well, too. So um, we will be ending the program now, and hopefully we'll talk to you again. Sounds like you have a whole other thing to share with us. So remember to go to soulhealerspath.com to find out more about where the events are and what's going on. And Vince will actually be on the Women's Network broadcast television with me soon live so you can see more of him. Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Christy. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.